If I said to you, don't think of a hippo, what's the first thing you're going to do? Think of a hippo. That's just the way that we are. If I said to you, there's five things that you shouldn't do in business, I'm pretty sure you're going to end up doing one of them. Uh, even if I say, don't do that, because that's just the way we are as human beings. However, contrary to that, I'm going to share with you in this video on things I think you should pay attention to and things you ought not to do in order to become a successful property investor. And it's not one, two or three things, because I don't think there are one, two or three things. There's a whole combination and host of things that you ought to be doing and ought not to be doing. So watch this video where I share some really key insights, the things which I think are going to unlock some great potential and learning for you. Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax-saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. I'm going to share with you some things that I think you ought not to do. Uh, and experience shows me, you tell most people not to do something in a roundabout way, they always try and end up doing that thing, uh, simply because sometimes they think they might know better or best, uh, or they just think that the rules or the criteria in that particular situation are different. And I can tell you they are. So if you have certain non-negotiables, you work to a particular criteria, you have boundaries, you're going to do better. It might not seem as sexy or as exciting, but I can assure you, you're going to do better. So one of the first and the common mistakes that people make is everybody wants to get rich quick. So having done lots of speeches now for the last uh, 12 years, uh, one of the common questions I get asked is, what's the one thing I can do or sometimes the two or three things I can do to become successful very quickly. And the real and honest answer, which you're probably not going to like, and most people don't like it, is there are no one, two or three ways. What you should be asking is, what are the 49 or the 89 or the 99 ways okay, that I can adopt to become successful? And of course, nobody wants to do 49, 89, 99, because that's a lot of hard work. Everybody wants shortcuts. And ask anybody who's successful, Generally speaking, they'll tell you there are no shortcuts. And the same comes with investing. Uh, investing, generally speaking, is a long-term thing. That's why you invest, because you plant a seed, and then you allow it to grow over time. Now, the smart thing with property is, let's say you plant a seed and you grow an apple tree, and that apple tree gives you apples, but it also gives you other benefits too. And you don't just rely on the other benefits, rely on the apples plus everything else. By that analogy, what I mean is when you're in property, you ought to be thinking about cash flow and then capital appreciation, which I'm going to touch on. But the number one thing is don't believe the hype of get, get rich quick. It doesn't exist. It takes a while. If you're smart about it, you'll do it quicker than others. Uh, but think about the long run and treat it as a long-term business and you'll do well. Look for shortcuts, look for get rich quick schemes, look for two or three ways uh, to become very, very wealthy, very, very quickly. Uh, it's not going to happen. Of course, it happens for some people if you're in the 
tech business or you have some kind of an IP, or you have a particular idea that nobody else has and you can patent it, uh, you might do it extremely well. But those are few and far between. Experience shows, shows us that the probability and the possibility of you being wealthy is reasonable, but over a certain amount of time and not overnight. So number one is be patient, invest, and then give it time for the investments to grow and to create cash flow and capital appreciation. The second thing I want to share with you is always treat property as a business. And I think some property investors don't always fully grasp and understand this. Uh, and by that, what I mean is buying, holding, selling, refurbing, uh, redeveloping uh, are different strategies in the world of property, but you must always treat your business or property business as a business. So think of all the different components that a business has and you need to learn to do those well. So whether it's sales and marketing, whether it's customer service, whether it's systems and processes, whether it's cash flow, whether it's understanding your numbers, whether it's having the right team on board, whether it's KPIs, key performance indicators, key result areas, income generating tasks, all of these different things you need to have in your property business alongside a very clear vision and direction and some kind of a business plan. Uh, it doesn't have to be a 56 page document, by the way, it could be just a two, three page document that gives you very clear direction. So property is a business, treat it as a business, learn the rules of how a business operates and then obviously implement and use those rules and you're going to do better than most other people. Now the third one, which I touched on when I talked about the first point is relying solely on capital appreciation. So I've lost count of the number of people who buy property, don't look at it from a cash flow point of view and say in five or 10 or 15 or 20 years time, uh, experience shows us, history shows us, uh, the record shows us uh, that property will double in value, usually over 20 years. That's fine, but that should be a bonus to you. You don't want to invest money in a property and wait for 10, 15, 20 years for the property to double in value for you to make money. Okay, that's the repayment. Okay, for uh, your longer term thinking and investment, but you also need some short term repayment, which is cash flow. So make sure every single property cash flows. Now, by cash flow, what I mean is income or rent, less all the expenditure, what's left over is profit. Let's just call it cash flow for now, cash, and that should be a positive number. So every month, you're making a certain amount of money that comes to you, which is your return on investment in the short term by way of cash. But if you're going to rely solely on capital appreciation, I think you're shortchanging yourself uh, and you don't know when property will increase by how much. We can all have a hazard a guess, uh, but don't see that as a big prize. I think the big prize is cash flow and the secondary and supplementary benefit is capital appreciation. Uh, so that's important. Number four, and we're all victims of this of, to some extent, as am I, is going chasing that shiny object syndrome, as I call it. So looking for the next big thing and then diverting your focus on three, four, five, six things. Uh, it's well documented uh, that the mind can, generally speaking, uh, focus on and work on three things pretty well. Uh, so I think if you have three strategies or three objectives or three businesses, 
uh, and for most people, by the way, three is, is a big number. Most people only have one business, but if you can have three or up to three, it's good. Don't chase that next shiny thing, thinking that's going to be uh, the cure to all your ailments and your problems and your illnesses and your diseases in business, by the way, because uh, it's not. Okay? Those people who have a strategy, who join the queue and stick or stay in, in, in line, okay? stay in the queue and just keep chipping away so slowly, slowly but surely are the ones who end up doing well. So a well-documented, well-known example, uh, which you'll know, is Warren Buffett, okay? And the guy who invested uh, and over time, okay, uh, compounded his uh, investments and his return, and he's like a 40-year overnight success. Uh, and I think he's a wonderful example of how to go about running a business in terms of having, having values, ethics, morals, which are all important, uh, but also having a strict criteria in terms of what to invest in and what not to invest in. So it's important that you see cash flow as being important and also capital appreciation, but have your core competencies and also your core criteria and stick to it. That's going to work better for you. If you chase the next best thing, okay, you'll keep chasing. And I'm sure you've heard of the reasonably well-known adage is if you try and catch two rabbits, you end up catching none. Why not just try and catch one, okay, and go for one and you're more likely to catch it. The next one is one which most people are uncomfortable with unless you're a solicitor or a lawyer, uh, is contractual obligation. Whenever you're entering into contracts, whether it's an option agreement, whether it's a lease purchase, or whether it's a conditional contract, whether it's a JV uh, deal agreement, whether it's a partnership agreement, whether it's a shareholders agreement, or anything else, by the way, make sure you understand the contract. Now, you, you, you're probably not a solicitor, unless you are a solicitor, uh, so if you're not a solicitor, uh, then you would obviously seek to get legal advice uh, from somebody who understands commercial contracts, but make sure you understand the contract well, you understand your responsibilities and your obligations, uh, and also obviously understand uh, what you're committing to, because uh, all too often people at the start, we're all excited about uh, something, uh, whatever that thing might be. In this example, let's call it buying a property, or starting a new business and you're, you're in love with that business or that idea and everything seems secondary and you either don't pay enough attention to it uh, or you don't look at it in detail and then it comes back to haunt you. So make sure you understand contracts properly. This is going to serve you well in the long run. Do not shortcut this and think it's a 35-page document. By the way, I mean, contracts have to be a certain length depending on the complexity. It doesn't have to be a 60-page document, but at the same time, it shouldn't be a three-page document. Again, it has to be fit for purpose. I can't give you exact page number on a, a certain type of contract, but don't have it too short so that it doesn't cover everything. Don't have it too long so it becomes war and peace. Just make sure it's right. So I did a conditional contract on a current purchase that I'm working on. I think it was an eight-page document, and it's like a £600,000 deal. Uh, now, previously, uh, some solicitors might give us a 30-page contract. When I spoke to this particular solicitor, uh, it's a large corporate firm uh, based in London, uh, and the guy's name is Matthew, and he said, Chaz, we just want to make the contract long enough 
So it gets the job done. Long contracts don't serve a purpose. Short contracts short change you. So we just want to have it, have it the right length. But it's important to have it the right length because the shorter the document to some extent, as long as it's obviously uh, covers everything you need, you need it to, is better for you because you're more likely to read it and understand it. Uh, so make sure you understand your contractual obligations. Something which we all want to do is deals in the world of property. And I always say wanting to do a deal badly enough means you end up doing a real bad deal. And that doesn't help you whatsoever. So in the world of property and in business, by the way, and I've been in business for best part of 20 years and I've worked with thousands of businesses over that time period, uh, both as an advisor, growth, business growth, consultant, coach, also a speaker. And what I've seen is everybody pays an entry tax or an entry fee. And that basically is an amount that you pay to basically cut your teeth and learn. In the world of property, generally speaking, that for us is at least one deal, which ended up being a bad deal, uh, which teaches us a lot of lessons. So I can be sure as day follows night, that if you get something wrong, you're going to learn more from that than you are if you keep getting things right. So I think it was Tom Watson, the founder of IBM, who said, if you want to become successful, double your failure rate. So that there's no harm or shame with getting things wrong. Uh, those things that you get wrong are lessons that you learn and that help you become the person that you are today and help you grow in the future. But you don't want to make detrimental mistakes, uh, which end up costing you your entire business. Uh, so everybody has to pay the entry fee. So will you learn lessons from that entry fee and then move on uh, because that's how you're going to grow and develop. So have an open mind, stay hungry, keep learning, keep growing, keep developing and don't think of a hippo. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.